Good, uh, good, good. Hello, good. Hello to you all. I was going to say good morning um, because we are recording this in the morning, but you're not listening to this in the morning. Perhaps this is Two Spot Monkeys Live, episode forty-eight, and that's an auspicious start. I'm Tom. Welcome back, Jim. How are you? That's it's kind of been how this morning has gone for us, hasn't it? We had uh, some technical issues before we hit record, but we think we're all squared away now. So hopefully, you will hear this in your earbuds, and our lovely dulcet tones will make you happy this day whenever you are listening yes we're here it could be, to, be the evening who knows we, we are here to make you happy uh so thanks for thanks for subscribing liking following whatever you're doing um but just listen to this whole episode because uh we promise that it will be it'll be one it'll be one that's right that's <laughs> all we promise notice i didn't know i didn't over promise there so. no no and we may under deliver so who knows um well let's talk about something that's not very happy to start off uh, at least for one of us um, and that is our head-to-head. Uh, it finished up here for this six-month period. We do them in, in six-month runs, and it finished up with Hell in a Cell, and it was over before it started uh, for Hell in a Cell because Tom had a five-match lead. Uh, WWE only bothered to announce five matches before we recorded and then promptly scheduled one of them onto SmackDown anyways. So who the flip cares, right? Because they don't. So... Um, and then what I love about it, Tom, before we talk about head-to-head, maybe this falls under raw notes and um, we're going to talk about Rod a little bit, but my understanding is the reason they did the Bobby Lashley, Xavier Woods, smack, uh, Hell in a Cell match is because USA said, well, if Fox got a Hell in a Cell match, we want one too. And I thought, we are now six-year-olds. Cool. Uh, like, they got a sucker. I want a sucker too. Uh, has that ever happened in your house, Tom? Oh, it happens frequently not suckers and not hell in a cell matches but other things without a doubt right absolutely dad you wrestled you wrestled my sister in a hell in a cell i want one too all right let's, <laughs> right. let's go set it up in the backyard <laughs> but uh the head-to-head uh final scores i went five and uh, i guess five and oh if we count the roman reigns matches a win yeah and we are yeah that's fair and uh tom went four and one tom do you have the final score then i, I know do, i lost yes. my four but y- yep so uh, for the first half of 2021, the final standings are 77 and 21 Tom's way, 73 and 25 Jim's way. So there it is. Tom gets a figure or shirt um, of his choosing, and uh, we'll see what you decide. And and for those uh, two or three people who watch YouTube, maybe uh, we'll show it off when, when it arrives for you. Um, in the future. Do you, do you know what you want yet, Tom? Or I put you on the spot here as we're recording. Yeah, but. no, no, we talked about it last week and I'm pretty sure it's going to be a figure. Uh, it's actually a funny story on the shirt topic. While I love shirts and I love clothing, um, notice today's for those watching on YouTube, uh, Undisputed Era, and you'll understand more later as to why I chose today to wear this. Uh, I was, I pulled a shirt out about a week or so ago and my daughter who's 13 goes, wow, new shirt? And I go, no, I've had this for four years. And she goes, I've never seen you wear that. And I go, well, I have. You're probably just not paying attention. <laughs> so so maybe you've got enough wrestling shirts, you're saying? Ah, uh, yes. I would say that's appropriate. Um, <laughs> and, and a wrestling figure can be kind of out of the purview uh, of my wife. Like it can kind of sit in the, in the basement, like family room, man cave-ish area. Uh-huh allowed to be down there uh, and i'm not fighting with my kids over disney plus um and 
yeah, so I think the figures are just a little bit, and there's and there's some really awesome figures coming out. So um, there is, and and next month will be uh, San Diego Comic Con, so there'll be all sorts of fun reveals, I'm sure, at that point too. So yeah, yep. I'm looking forward. You you know me, I'm a figure nerd. So um, yeah, still I I've entered about five different raffles on Facebook trying to win a Luchasaurus and. Um, I've probably now spent more money on not getting Luchasaurus than I would if I would have just ordered the dumb thing on ringside. Um, but I'm going to hold out hope because I found every series so far, um, basically, um, every series so far at Walmart. So holding out hope. Anyways, that is nothing. Well, it does have to do with head to head. But uh, so, Tom, congratulations. That is your yes, second straight six month win um, for our head to head competition. So we will start again with. Best in the World is the first uh, pay-per-view here coming up in about three, almost two two weeks, I think, actually. Two or three weeks. Um, and they're starting to flesh that card out. We're going to talk a little Ring of Honor later. So uh, that will be the first um, foray that we take into uh, picking. And uh, then we'll have Money in the Bank and then, of course, SummerSlam. And um, I think I saw Clash of Champions as September's pay-per-view for WWE and all sorts of other things all out. A couple of takeovers in there, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, so. I had a Ring of Honor aha moment, so that's a teaser for later on in the show. I'll oh, I'm curious to hear what the aha is. So Yeah. Because so. um, I'm still confused by what they're I, – I don't, I don't see the card for Best in the World coming. Like, it's not in my head. Like, oh, okay, they're doing this, and they're going to do that. And um, Anyways, we'll talk Ring of Honor in a little bit. Um Let's talk Hell in a Cell. Tom, um, you didn't get a chance to see the whole show, but as I told you before we started recording, you saw the first two matches, which is really the two you should see. Um, nothing wrong with the other three or four. And I watched Roman versus Ray. I made I made I made a priority to, to and you know SmackDown is arguably my favorite WWE main like foray product. Like I really prefer SmackDown Wait. over Raw. Oh, that's and, yeah, that's not even close. Yeah, and and so, but 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 because of when it happens, because of the Friday, and because it leads into a weekend, and you know, having family commitments and other commitments that that you know you don't do typically Monday through Friday when you're working, you end up doing them Friday evening, Saturday, and they bleed into Sunday sometimes, uh, despite your att- attempts for a day of rest. Um, but that being said, uh, I really wanted to make it a priority last week to watch SmackDown. So. Um, <laughs> It, Ray and Roman should have been on the pay-per-view Sunday. I understand. And the way it played out, I had no problem with it. Um, but I think that tempered my eagerness to watch the whole show. And again, it, what didn't happen live on Father's Day, you know, was incredibly spoiled my, by my family um, and, and, and caught up in stuff with them. But there was no, there was no draw. And I, and I was spoiler-free, too. So that tells you, like, but... You and I have talked offline, and uh, before we again, I'm, I know you're going to share some thoughts on Hell in a Cell. I'll just kind of give the broad, overarching umbrella statement of WWE. Just really isn't like something I want to to um, to spend my time investing in to a higher extent right now. Um, and we'll talk about Raw here in a second, and that will feed into that opinion as well. Um, so I'm hoping for a change. I'm I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. That with the return to fans in, uh, so we're two weeks away from Ring of Honor. That means we're just under three weeks away from fans returning in and Hel- or Money in the Bank. I keep saying Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that helps 
push the product into a more, I don't know, in, into a better space. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to best capture that. So, so, I, so for if you if, if you tune into this podcast for WWE content, you're not going to get a lot of love on it from me uh, for the foreseeable future. And, I, and and I'm guessing you're not here for that, but I wanted to give that disclaimer. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's, I, and I think, and maybe I'm jumping ahead of hell in a cell. It seems like, like WB is going to have to, it's going to sound weird to say, have to get more interesting. Um, a, they're trying to sell tickets again. So that's a thing. I mean, B, if you, if you listen to kind of the rumors, it sounds like, you know, by SummerSlam, John Cena is going to come back in at least, at least for SummerSlam. Um, you know, Sasha Banks is coming back. Edge is coming back. Um, Becky Lynch is probably coming back, which we we completely missed um, when we were talking about potential SummerSlam matches last week. Um, we just whiffed on saying Becky Lynch might be coming back, and it sure seems like Becky Lynch in the Raw title match. Um, please let it be against Rhea Ripley. I think that would be so much fun to see. Don't do Becky and Charlotte. But I think they're gonna. Um, I, you know, I mean, I picked Charlotte to win last week at Hell in a Cell, and and she did technically. Um, so uh, yeah, I got to win, but it's a little bit of a backhanded win on that one. Um, but I'll take it, anyways. Um, you know, so so that should freshen up the product. Although I hate the fact that to freshen up the product, we're bringing back all of these names. Uh, some older names, Cena and Ed, Edge, I would call older names. Sasha and Becky are still absolutely current names. They just have been away for some length of time for differing reasons. Um, I'm excited to see Becky back, especially, and see how they book her and what they do with her. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just going to have to freshen up, I hope. And then, you know, there's the talk that the draft is going to happen. I think it's August 30th and September 3rd, something like that. So, uh, you know, that should hopefully shake things up too. But yeah, I agree. Especially raw is just, I record it and then I read the results and then I end up deleting the recording. Um, I record it in hopes that something might happen. Although if I'm being honest right now, I don't expect anything massive to happen until they're back to the fans next month, which makes sense. Um, I get it. Like, if you have, let's say you have a Brock Lesnar coming back and there's rumors both ways about that, or you have John Cena coming back, like why wouldn't you hold that off until you can get the reaction from the crowd and make it seem like, oh my gosh, this huge moment. Don't do it in the Thunderdome. Look, the Thunderdome, I got have to give WWE credit. The Thunder, and I know this has nothing to do with Hell in a Cell, but here we go on a tangent. Um, the Thunderdome has served its purpose. Uh, you know, WWE, as you and I have talked about numerous times, WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, everybody, had to shift for the last 15, 16 months, the way that they have done business forever. <laughs> um, and, and so kudos to them for coming up with different ideas and different ways that they can try things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. We've broken down an awful lot of that on this podcast. If I never see another cinematic match in my life, it's probably going to be too soon <clears throat> until I watch Ring of Honor TV this week. But um, maybe that's okay. Um, but, you know, once fans are fully back here next month, let's stop that stuff. But again, they were trying something different in a in a situation that they never could have prepped for. 
you know, if you would have ever told WWE, hey, you're going to go over a year without having fans at a show, basically. I mean, they had the WrestleMania, but other shows, the, the WrestleMania, did I really just say that? The WrestleMania shows. Um, I mean, Vince McMahon would have laughed at you and said, that's, that's insane. Like, no, that's never going to happen. Um, and we all would have laughed at that, too. We all would have said, that's not going to happen. Um, when they shut them down last March, um, right before Detroit SmackDown, in fact, uh, Tom. And were you going to go to that SmackDown in, in that March? Do you remember? I hadn't had tickets, but it's always on the table. Like, and, and to that point, into your comment about fans coming back, I think tickets in certain markets are going slow. Uh, there was an email that I got this past week. Uh, there's a super show August 1st, which is a Sunday um, at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. And they were offering a, a buy one, get one free ticket deal on like tickets that were like in the 95 80 and 65 dollar price point which again two tickets for 95 bucks you know depending on where those seats are not too bad even two for 60 um i didn't pull the trigger um because i don't know what august looks like yet for me and um, right. I'm, I'm not worried about going in person uh so there's a thing in my family where when you turn eight you get to go to a pro wrestling show so all of my three daughters have long since been eight and they all went to, to wrestling shows. I want to say they all went to televised events. My son now will be 10 this summer and granted the pandemic covered a lot of that last, you know, 15 months of his life. Uh, but he keeps reminding me that he still gets to go to a wrestling show. Um, I'm not sure if mom's going to allow that. Um, I got to work on that. Uh, but <laughs> he, uh, he definitely wants to go on that. And, and to me, that's a perfect opportunity to make that happen. But um, we're not there yet. It's the PG era, Karen. It'll be all right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I and I, I'll admit, I keep looking. The closest they're coming here is like Kansas City, which is five and a half hours. And I'll be perfectly honest, there isn't a thing about the current WWE product that's going to make me drive five and a half hours. Um, and I think it's a super show as well, which which is a house show. Um, granted, it'll have both brands, Raw and SmackDown. Great, wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'm not driving to Kansas City for a for a house show that's that's not happening um if they came to omaha which is two and a half hours for me maybe maybe we'd see um but anyways back to hell in a cell let's talk that we anybody's watching on youtube sees that it says hell in a cell recap at the bottom and we've spent 12 of the last 14 minutes not talking about hell in a cell um let's just the first thing i i kind of wrote down three things even though we're not doing three big things um Bianca and Bailey, what a match. What a match. Um, I have to say, when so when Bianca won the Royal Rumble, I was happy for her. I thought it was a good put pick. But I also thought this is either going to make her or break her because she's young. She's, you know, compared comparatively fairly inexperienced um, in the ring, although she's taken to it like a fish to water kind of thing. Um, but I thought, boy, if she goes out at WrestleMania, and at that point we knew there likely would be fans at WrestleMania, if she goes out at WrestleMania and blows this, you know, that might be the end of Bianca Belair. Well, she went out at WrestleMania and did anything except blow it. She absolutely blew it out of the water, if you, if we want to use that same. And then here was kind of, to me, her next big test, her next big match. It was a different kind of match. It was, a, you know, weapons and, and Hell in a Cell and all of those kinds of things. And she absolutely delivered again. Now, don't get me wrong. She was in the ring with Sasha and Bailey at those two matches. So they deserve credit as well. 
but it wasn't Sasha and Bailey leading someone who didn't know what they were doing through a match either. Uh, Bianca more than held up her, her end. So to me, those two matches, especially, um, were Bianca star making performances. I think she is, I, I thought she was a star, but those two things solidified it for me, um, that she absolutely can hold that, that mantle. But, uh, you got to see that match at least Tom. So what was your thought on, uh, Bianca and Bailey? Yeah, no, it just, it was a great match. It was, uh, and, and to your point, Bianca is here and she's here to stay. So uh, it's so interesting to think about the champions currently across the brands. And I loved how, and this goes back a little bit, but when they did the post uh, takeover and post WrestleMania uh, NXT, where they had the three, uh, mm-hmm. you know, champions who are still the champion, uh, kind of do that pose because they they came from NXT and they are they are truly homegrown. Uh, so. Amazing how that works for the female talent, and it's a really and it's more fresh than it is with what's happening. You could argue with the men, uh, and you're not using any of the men you've developed in your system to put oh. at the top. Although to be fair, both champions really were developed in their system. I, yeah, and, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm labeling it with the with the current kind of performance center esque view, and, and 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 you can you could say, well, Drew McIntyre went back to NXT first. Well. Yeah, that's not I mean, everybody did for the for, except for AJ Styles for the most part. Right, right, and, and Lashley didn't either. But but Lashley spent an awful lot of time everywhere, but WWE for a long time too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bianca and Bailey, I I don't rank matches of the year. It wouldn't be my match of the year certainly, but. It, it could make a list, at least of for me, of really, really good matches this year, whether that makes it into the top 10 or, or how that all would flesh out. Um, did it make your top 10 or anything, Tom, when you updated it, your list? It, it did not, no. And, and I guess the, the big question I have coming out of that is now where do each where does each competitor go? Who's, who's next for Bianca? Because with Money in the Bank coming up, you're thinking, you know, that person may be one of maybe the next chapter, whoever comes out of there. Um, and then where, where do you go with Bailey? And, and we talked about draft coming up at, at, at potentially at the end of August. I see like the, the Bianca Bella, I'm sorry, the Baileys of the world and a couple of their talents, like really needing that draft as kind of a, like, I don't want to say they're going to muddle along between now and then, but that draft is going to really kind of set the tone for the second half and which or a little bit less than second half of their 2021. No, and I agree. I, I think Bailey going over to Raw would be good um, as long as they don't move half. <clears throat> excuse me, half of the SmackDown women's roster with her, uh, which I think is sometimes you know they're gonna like like the last draft. They're gonna freshen things up. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio have been having a feud on Raw, so we move them both to SmackDown. Like you didn't freshen anything up. You you put a blue coat of paint on a red thing. That that's all you did. Um, so yeah, but I think Bailey could definitely um, have a a lot could could be good for her. Wow. That's a terrible way to say that and throwing words together in a sentence, but uh, moving to raw could be a good thing for her. Um, and there's some other talents, like you said, and, and maybe depending on uh, schedule, I know that's going to be right around the time I'm gone on my uh, mini vacation this summer, but uh, maybe, maybe before the draft, that'd be right after SmackDown. Maybe we can do a little bit of a, a conversation here on the podcast of who do we think would be um, good to see move raw to SmackDown. And maybe by then we'll know, you know, is NXT going to be involved in this draft as well? Uh, I really hope they are. I was a little cranky they weren't last time. 
I'd actually like to see NXT involved, though, both directions, not just the each brand can pick three people from NXT kind of thing, but that NXT can get some picks, too. Maybe not as many. Fine. I don't know. Come up with a reason why. Um, you're creative. You have a creative team. Write something. That's your job. Um, but come up with a reason and, and, and draft, you know, I don't know. We could come up with people. Cesaro is the first one that comes to my mind, although I'd really rather see them continue to build him and, and make him a, a <laughs> hijack, um, a WWE, you know, WWE champion level guy. But, uh, I, you know, he's somebody that I think would also thrive in NXT too. Anyways, that's a conversation for another day. A couple of other notes from Helena Cell. Um, Real quick before you jump there, just a thought that I've had swimming around in the background of my thoughts was about a year ago that you and I did a draft if we were creating our own promotion. I Correct. thought it might be fun, may, and maybe and maybe that's next week because there's kind of a an in-between. There'll be some things to talk about, but not a major show next week to maybe look back at maybe who our top five guys were then and what are they up to now. So maybe just throwing that yeah. out there as a, as a potential that, thing. That would be a lot of fun. Ra- rather than just do another draft and not yeah. – look back um you and i just did a draft for our fantasy wrestling league we talked about that a number of times on the show and i we both kind of did a little bit of a look back at at our previous draft and kind of how things shook out in this draft too um i think that's always fun to go back and look at even in the nfl to look at you know who are the top five picks in a draft one year you know five years ago and and what are they doing now um let's not talk about four years ago because yeah we know what the bears did um It's all right. Justin Fields is there. It's all going to be well. Anyways, that'll be for our football preview podcast coming to you this fall on Two Spot Monkeys. Um, uh, Other, excuse me, I got a frog in my throat again. Other thoughts. Uh, The final two matches, so Rhea and Charlotte and then the Bobby uh, Drew match, both really strong matches, both with really dumb finishes. Like, I was okay with who won the matches and the way they, like, Charlotte winning by DQ, fine, because that's going to continue. <clears throat> fine. Although, Rhea hitting her with the piece of the table, the, you know, the WWE logo piece of the table causing the DQ, like, oh, okay. We've seen far worse not called as a DQ. Um, and then, not to jump forward to Raw, but then on Raw, to have Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville talk to her like she just did the most heinous thing ever. Um and they're not going to stand for it. And I'm like, it just made that made, made Pearson and, and uh, Deville look dumb as, as uh, authority figures because they're chastising her. And it, it just, again, I didn't see that part. I've watched some video clips from Ron, not the whole episode, obviously, because I like myself, but um, just, so, you know, you take a good match. Um, Eric Bischoff talks about this on 83 weeks. You know, if you see an hour and a half movie and the first 87 minutes are great and the last three minutes are total crap, what do you walk away feeling about the movie? Oh, that was a stupid movie. Even if 87 minutes of it were great, the ending takes you out of it. And in both both cases, you know, I am so tired, to be perfectly honest, of steel cage matches and Hell in a Cells having people from the outside interfere. The whole point of a cage is to keep people out and keep people in. You know, if you have a chicken stuff heel who's always running away, you put them in a cage so they can't leave. So now they got to face the baby face. Perfect. Or you have a Bobby Lashley where MVP is always interfering, which MVP doesn't need to interfere all the darn time because he's Bobby freaking Lashley. Like, come on. 
I, I just, I'm so done with that. Like, if you do it infrequently, then it means something when it happens. But literally, um, you and I, we, we talked about it last week. We jumped into this pro wrestling scorecards uh, prediction thing with some friends of ours from the Take 3 podcast. And uh, one of the questions, I believe, in the Drew and Bobby match, although it could have been in the Bailey Bianca, maybe it was in both, was would somebody from the outside interfere? And I didn't even hesitate to select yes. Because it was like, of course, somebody's going to get involved. MVP is going to get involved or Kofi Kingston, which he didn't. But um, like, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't because, again, it's a hell in a cell. Like the original hell in a cell was so that Shawn Michaels couldn't run and nobody could interfere. And then the only way anybody could interfere was Kane came down and debuted and ripped the whole steel door off. That made sense. Like, oh, my gosh. And then it also put Kane over because you had this structure that nobody could get in except for this monster who just came in and ripped the steel door off. That was great. This was stupid. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Finishes. I just, man, you, you let him have a decent match and then you kill it with a dumb finish. I don't know. Did you, as you read results, Tom, did you, did that permeate? It's harder sometimes. I know reading results, but, and, and I do that too. Yeah, I mean, based on what we talked about with our picks last week, we both saw Lashley getting the win here and and wrapping this up. And again, I don't think McIntyre's hurt at all. It's really, really interesting, I think, when we go back to like January and February to think that this is the WWE landscape we're in. I think that, you know, at that time you could have easily said that Drew McIntyre is the face of Raw as the brand and they should really get behind him because they did that last year as well. they're, they're clearly doing really good things with Lashley. And again, he worked incredibly hard and, and, and earned this again, not that you get everything you earn uh, or that's how the WWE system works. Or, that, or the, it's kind of a weird, I always feel weird when I say a wrestler has earned something because it's a predetermined thing, but, but you and I both know what you mean by that. It's not because he won matches that he earned it. Um, it's the work he put in those performances. Yeah, yeah, and my big thing is, what what do we do next? What what happens next with Drew McIntyre? Where does his path go? Who does he get involved with? I'm interested to see that because he's he's a talent that I do like watching. He's gotten a little bit stale for me, uh, not to the point where I don't. I, he's too, it's a tune off factor. There's a lot of other people who are like that. So I'm eager to see what happens with McIntyre next. I I am too, and and. You can't help but feel for Drew McIntyre. I mean, this guy worked his tail off on the indies after he got fired. He worked his tail off on the indies, reshaped his body, reshaped his look, um, obviously continued to work on his in-ring work, which was never terrible. Even from the earliest times when he came in as the chosen one from Vince McMahon, he was at least good in the ring, if not pretty darn good. It was other stuff that got in his way. Obviously, bad creative got in his way, too, but he's even admitted, you know, he wasn't his own best friend at that point um, in the way that he handled himself with things. And he's obviously matured as a human being. Uh, You know, I know it's a persona on TV, but I don't know. He comes across as a great guy. Like, he comes across as someone I'd love to sit and have a beer with and just chat with. You know, I think um, he's really good in the babyface role. He can do the the heel thing, and and I don't know, maybe maybe we see that here at some point. But um, I, I just think he's really good as a, a strong baby face. But, uh, I mean, so he works his butt off. He find, You know, they get, put him over in the Rumble. He's going to get the big win against Brock Lesnar, and then the pandemic hits. 
So he gets his big win in front of absolutely nobody in the Performance Center. His entire title run, he did not wrestle a single match in front of a fan. His entire two title runs, he did not wrestle a single match in front of a fan. You can't help but feel for the guy. Um, He's going to get another title run down the road. Let's be honest. Drew McIntyre is not out of the title picture forever. Um, He's supposed to be out of it as long as Bobby Lashley is the champion. We're going to talk about that in a minute when we get to Raw. But, uh, yeah, he's going to get another title. And so I, I am interested to see, too. And I think it'll be good, like you were just saying. Let him go do some other stuff. Let him work his way back up, um, you know, so that when he is back in the title picture, maybe Survivor Series time, I don't know, I'm just throwing something around there. Then the fans are ready for it again. They're wanting that. They're they're, they're wanting Drew to win the title again because he's worked his way back up and he's gone through the story to get back to that point. I, I think he could be fine. Um, they have to think about how they book him because I think sometimes creative teams, and we can talk about this more in AEW, but, you know, AEW is an example of this. Orange Cassidy was in the title match at the last pay-per-view, almost won the world title. In fact, you could argue got screwed out of the world title, and now he's feuding with the wingman. What? what? Is it the wingman? Is that who he's feuding with? Yeah, it's the wingman. Yep. It is. Okay. Like... Okay, that's weird. That's an interesting path to go. Now, maybe you're going to elevate the wingman by doing that. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But it just, okay, you would think they they would go a different direction. But um, so it'll be interesting to see with Lashley or Lashley uh, McIntyre. Um, we've talked about before, he does have uh, a strong friendship with Jinder Mahal. Although on Raw, Jinder was part of the random ragtag group of people that were mad they weren't in qualifying matches. Um, Really bad when you have your U.S. champion in that group. Just saying. Um, really tells you what they think of the U.S. title, doesn't it? Um, anyways, uh, let's see. Did I have? I didn't have another note for Hell in a Cell. All in all, though, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was it, it was one of those shows, if you watched it, kind of like TakeOver, I guess, the week before. If you watched it, you weren't mad at yourself for the time you put into the show, other than maybe the finishes uh, in those last two matches. And uh, if you didn't, you didn't necessarily miss anything outside of maybe B- Bailey and Bianca and a really good Seth um, Cesaro match. Although I'm ready for them to wrap that up. Um, it's been a good feud, but I just, we've seen it enough. Um, and that's, you know, literally one match on this show out of the six that they had on the pay-per-view was not something we, Alexa and Shayna was the only new match. Um, everything else we've seen fairly recently, including days and weeks before. Um, so they got to freshen it up a little bit. They got to move things around. Um, that being said, though, too, I, maybe my last thing I want to bring up, um, the stat I heard on, I think it was the Fightful pod, pod, Fightful.com podcast, Sami Zayn had got the win over Kevin Owens clean, basically. Um, it was, I believe, he's won something like six singles matches since 2018. That's insane. And that guy's over like Rover. So it goes to show you don't necessarily have to win. Also makes me really happy I didn't draft him in Fantasy Wrestling League. Um, because the guy doesn't win. He had an Intercontinental title reign in that time, and he only has won six singles matches in that time. Some of that's because he was in a lot of multi-man matches and things like that. But talk about a guy who doesn't need to win to stay over. Holy smokes. Um Sammy is one of the more talented people, I think, in wrestling, um, in ring and character work. You know, he's he does a great job of making me want to see him get his tail kicked um, 
because of the way he acts. So, I, I, but I thought that was a crazy stat, Tom. Six singles wins in like three years. That is, that is really just, I mean, and granted, in that time, you know, March of 2022, roughly right. now, I mean, he was away for a good He was away for quite a while, yes. But still, like that is, yeah. You think about, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and think about this period of time and look at the guys that were, that were focused on heavily. Like, I, I think of like the Austin Theory, Angel Garza, Andrade faction. Like, and, you know, that was nine months ago, uh, maybe a little bit more. That was a year ago. And then I look at where they are now. So, right. Absolutely. I mean, one of them can't get on TV to save his soul. One of them's playing a meathead in NXT, and the other is going to win the AEW world title. So, you know, oh, wait, that's because I haven't been fantasy wrestling. Uh, it's going to be the fantasy wrestling podcast before too long. He's not going to probably win the world title, at least not this year. But I'm interested to see what they do with him. We'll talk about that maybe when we get to AEW. Uh, any other thoughts on Hell in a Cell, Tom? I don't know. Again, I wish they. I wish there was something more in me. I wish twenty years ago I probably wouldn't have never missed a pay per view, regardless of right. if this was what the product looked like or not. Today, even now, five years ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I don't have to go that far back. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, I was, it was, I was able to see it, but it was one of those where it was like, if if something came up and I wasn't able to, it wouldn't have wouldn't have made me that upset. Now, Money in the Bank, I'll, I'll enjoy watching. Um, we'll talk here in Raw maybe well, maybe that's a good segue into Raw um, a couple other things I want to talk about in Raw but let's talk about Money in the Bank first um, first of all they set up the world title match uh, pretty quickly which was Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston I think that'll be good in the ring but Kofi definitely feels to me like you know when you have Royal Rumble and you have the Royal Rumble winner and then you have a world title match at Elimination Chamber that isn't maybe in the chamber or sometimes even is and it's against like random challenger of the month that you just have to kind of get through that match so you can get to WrestleMania. That kind of feels like what this match is to me. Like Kofi Kingston's not winning the world title right before SummerSlam in Las Vegas. He, he's not. But it'll be good. Yeah, I'm excited for the match. I think I think on paper and, and in the ring it's going to deliver. So. Yeah, I mean Lashley will throw him all over the place, and and Kofi will bump his heart out and have some good comebacks and and Kofi's I'm glad to see Kofi getting another singles title shot quote unquote um you know and, and being featured in a singles way um again because I think he's a super talented guy and uh you know hated the way they got the belt off of him when they on the first smackdown where they just obliterated him to Brock but anybody who didn't see that coming didn't hasn't watched WWE so um but let's talk about the the three um Money in the Bank qualifiers that happen on Raw. Um, kind of fresh faces all going over. Uh, you had Ricochet going over AJ Styles, which at first I was a little surprised when I read it, and then I thought, well, but they did do the little skit. Skit isn't the right thing. Thing backstage beforehand where the Viking Raiders were reminding AJ and almost that they did win a title mat, a title shot like over a month ago, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, and I like that they're trying to blame AJ and almost for that not happening because they can't just have the Viking Raiders go, and the creative team can't seem to bother to put us on a mat, on a show, so, um, which is really what it is. But uh, so Ricochet going over John Morrison over Randy Orton uh, with a little bit of a, 
Um, you know, maybe they're teasing some dissension in the uh, Randy and and Riddle. I guess they're not teasing. There's been dissension the whole time in Randy and Riddle, like RK Bros. Um, and then the the one that I'm happy about, and yet also I don't understand why one guy was in it. Uh, Riddle over Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre cannot challenge for the WWE title as long as Bobby Lashley is the champion. Why is he in a Money in the Bank qualifier? I mean, he can get the briefcase. He, he just obviously can't. He wouldn't be able to. He'd be pigeonholed while Lashley's champion into picking his spot. But again, that's convoluted. So, right. but should we be surprised? No, no. And, and, and I won't totally be surprised if he wins. And now, so then you had to qualify. You had to win your match to qualify it. So now they take the three losers and give them another chance. Is it a three-way with all those three? So, okay. It's got to yep. be Drew, right? I, you would think so. Um, a, AJ should probably defend the tag titles at Money in the Bank. Uh, Randy, maybe, because then you could do all sorts of Randy and Riddle things in the match. But you think it's got to be Drew. And and my thought is, Drew, you know, they could tell the story. I think where they're going is Drew, you know, is going to hit rock bottom and have to work his way back up. And that makes some sense. Um, I even heard on, I think, again, the Fightful podcast. I've been on their podcast quite a bit lately. Um, I've enjoyed it. And uh, somebody had suggested that they should, if that happens, they should bring back the Broken Dreams theme that he had back when he first started. And I was like, no, that would make some sense. You know, Broken Dreams, he was the champion. And um, so maybe you put him in the match and you have him almost win it and then, I don't know. Maybe let's go back to the gender thing. Gender Mahal interferes and pushes him off the ladder. So now we've set up our next thing for Drew to go do um, because he took away that chance that he had to get back to the title. Um, I, okay. Storyline you could work. And they kind of did tease that gender, you know, seems to be the one most upset about not being in a qualifying match um, along with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus and maybe some others. Um, I think Angel Garza might've been in that group as a reminder that he still has a job. Um, he was rumored back in the last releases, but he was not released. Uh, I don't, I I'm, I'm happy though, Tom, tell me what your thoughts are. Um, Riddle Morrison and Ricochet. If you would have told me those were the first three guys in money in the bank and there's only one spot left on the raw side, I might've told you you're crazy. It's, it's awesome. When you think about at least two of those three being younger ish talent, it's so weird. Like, Gosh, the, the storyline arc or the career arc of Ricochet in in WWE main roster. Oh my word! Like I, not my cup of tea by any means. So, and when you look at what's been happening lately with him, or maybe just twenty twenty one, that hopefully this is the start of something new. Or, or they're just like, yeah, he's he's clearly one of our most athletic talents. This is the great spot for him to be in, especially because we're having fans back. I hope it's all, all of those factors, but I also hope that it's a chance for him to get more prominent TV time because he's amazing. He's years ago, arguably one of my top five wrestlers. He, he's not an afterthought for me now, but he's been treated like an afterthought. So getting a win over AJ Styles, getting into this match, have a spot to shine in, that's exciting. I, I'm eager now to see who comes in from the SmackDown side I don't want to begin to speculate yet because um, 
it's I think it's too early, even though those matches may begin. We're recording Friday, it may begin tonight. It'll, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be it'll be fun to see the dynamic, you know, with 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 the two brands kind of meshing in one match. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it'll be interesting to see, and, and kind of to your point, if they go, it would seem strange if they didn't, but if they go with younger, um, hasn't had the opportunity maybe yet, talent in on the SmackDown side as well, I, I'm, I'm very curious. Um, I mentioned this to you before we started recording. To me, Cesaro would have made a lot of sense as a Money in the Bank winner this year. Now, maybe he'll still get a chance to qualify, but they've already announced Cesaro and Bianca versus Bailey and Seth for SmackDown. So that obviously not being a Money in the Bank qualifier, Bianca can't qualify for the Money in the Bank. Although that would be interesting if they put her in it and said, well, she's gonna if she wins the briefcase, she gets a chance to go try to be Bianca two belts. Um, you know, and she gets a chance at the Raw. I, I, you could tell a story, although you'd have to put Rhea in the match then too. And and let's not, you know, the raw side seems like it's already filled. Which we're going to talk about two seconds here because it leads into two other points to talk about from Raw. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, without pulling up the SmackDown roster, it's probably um, hard for me to start thinking about who. Do we put Otis back in there? A very different Otis than we got last year. Hmm, that could be interesting. I said I didn't uh, want to, but then I did. So, so bear with me. I did have, I did pull up the SmackDown roster. Here's who I think. I could be see the light flashing on your face as you were moving around pages. So I thought that was what you were doing. Yeah, I, you know, squirrel, right? Squirrel. Uh, <laughs> so on the SmackDown side, here are the here are the guys I think that could make this match. You know, or it could be good candidates: Nakamura, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Ray, Otis in the new version of Otis that we're getting Kevin Owens, uh, Baron Corbin. He's still listed as King Corbin, but he lost his crown. So really is he the King? Uh, Cesaro, of course. Uh, and then Biggie. Biggie, I think would be a very interesting one too, especially, um, I, they just, they got to restart with Biggie here. Um, and I hope they haven't lost faith in him. It feels almost like they have a little bit. And maybe I'm just reading way too much into that. And I hope that isn't the case. Because, man, that guy has money. <laughs> and I just, they need to figure that out. Um, I think he would be a really, I think I would love to see him win money in the bank. Um, and, and really have a shot at doing something here. Um, I wanted to do a play on words when you said he's money. I wanted to say he, he might be money in the bank. <laughs> he could be. But I'm... Um, Tom Bobo here all week, folks. Please tip your waiters. Try the veal. Um, so uh, the the other side is the women's match, and <laughs> I, I guess they just decided to do two tags, and the two tag winners uh, moved into the match, not do singles matches. So you cannot qualify for Money in the Bank by not even losing your match because your partner might have lost the match. A little bit strange. Uh, do drop, do drop. Oh, do drop. First of all, don't Google what do drop means. Don't do it. Um, it seems like they put that story on fast forward this week, Tom. Uh, and I don't know if it's the reaction fans had to the idea that, you know, when the news got out that that would be her name, uh, before they did the angle on Monday where, I thought the angle on Monday played out pretty well where they tried to ask 
Piper Niven her name, and she looked like she was about to say, I'm Piper Niven. And then Eva Marie jumped in and said, no, and looked her up and down again, weird. Um, you're going to be Dewdrop. Uh, okay. And then they have the tag match against, let's see, that one was against Asuka and Naomi. Um, and Naomi, talk about another person who can't seem to find her way on the TV most weeks. So I'm glad to see she gets a chance that she'll do something crazy athletic stunt in the match now. But uh, Dewdrop falls, jumps off the apron, doesn't tag in for Eva, and lets Eva get rolled up. Two things around that. One, fast forward, wow, looks like we're already going to the split on this, which I'm actually okay with because Dewdrop is a stupid name. Um, and if the whole point of naming her a stupid name is so that then she can say, I'm Piper Niven and destroy Eva Marie, cool. If that's going to be a way to get Piper on the on the main roster and get her going, that could be good because we all know the Raw women's side definitely needs some freshening up. Now, maybe they're getting Becky back. I would assume she'd go to Raw because um, Sasha looks like she's going to go, I would assume, back to SmackDown. Um, so that will help freshen things up there too. But Piper Niven bringing her in and, and starting her up, I think is great. Um, although jumping off the ring apron when you have a chance to qualify for money in the bank, there's a there's a moment that I'm not understanding there. Like I get you're mad at your tag team partner, but why not go ahead, win the match, qualify for money in the bank, and smack her with a ladder in a month? I don't care. Um, but why would you take yourself out of a chance to get in a match for the women's championship? The motivations are not what they should be when we think about, again, traditional professional wrestling. And I love what you just said there. It would have been great if they had qualified. And in the latter match, that's when she goes, nope, you're not winning. Great. Would have made – and I think there was some fear. Um, I, in fact, I know at least one friend asked me, and, and I had the exact same thought. I think maybe we even talked about it on here could Dewdrop have won money in the bank and then Eva Marie says, well, I'm the one who's going to cash it in because I own your contract or whatever, some stupid 1980s wrestling thing. Um, maybe they're not going that way now because it appears if they're doing eight people in each match that the four from the Raw side are now set with um, Asuka and Naomi and then the winners of the next tag match that we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, so apparently that that may not have. Maybe we'll get Dewdrop versus Eva Marie at money in the bank in a singles match. And let me jump in just real quick and go, I didn't see this match on Monday, so I don't know how Eva Marie looked in the ring, but I do have, I, I do have a problem. And here's my problem. Eva Marie was brought back and is clearly under some sort of contract or agreement, whether that's a long-term thing or a short-term thing. I don't know. And I really don't care. What I do care about is this company got rid of Chelsea Green Peyton Royce and Billy Kay in the last three to four months. Yet you brought back Eva Marie. And Ruby Riot and Santana Garrett. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. So I went with 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 the, the talents that I was most you know, most yeah, Ruby, Ruby Riot, Ruby Riot's a big omission on my part. Regardless, I just this it irks me. Like again, I don't know why I care about other people being employed and they're going to get, they're going to get shots. They're going to land on their feet. I know that without a doubt. I just don't think that it's, if, if I'm in charge of this organization, this product, this business, what does Eva Marie give me that I couldn't have potentially 
brought out of the other talents that you got rid of. And I won't even name names. You, the, I will. Um, the, you could do this same story, even as dumb as the story is, so I wish you wouldn't. You could do the same story with Chelsea Green, Peyton Royce, or Billy Kay. Maybe not Billy Kay. Billy Kay's character was a little different. But Peyton or, or Chelsea easily could have done this story. And Eva's been gone long enough that I don't, you know, yes, there are a few people who were excited to see Eva back, mainly because they're in love with the look of Eva Marie. They think she's a very beautiful woman, and, and she, look, she's a beautiful woman. Character-wise, all of that stuff, in-ring-wise, now, again, I, I only saw the highlights, um, so I didn't necessarily, and I, I'll admit, I even, the highlights of the match, I moved the the slider all the way to the end because I just kind of wanted to see how that played out. I didn't watch the three or four minutes of in-ring stuff that were in the highlight video, so that's that's on me. Um, so I can't tell you how she looked in the ring. Um, the only part I saw was where um, Piper, I'm going to call her Piper, um, jumped off the ring apron. You know, Eva looked at her like, what are you doing? And then got rolled up and, and you know, there we go. We're off to the races. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Any one of those ladies, they could have done a similar story with to get Piper. And, and you could have just brought Piper Niven up, too, um, and come up with a better story for her than this dumb one. Um, but if this dumb story is a short-lived thing to get her and, and show what she really can do, because um, she, the little bit I've seen of the clips um, from her two weeks, I mean, she looks good in the ring, and, and we've known that. Because some of us have actually seen the program that they show on their own network unlike their own creative team. <sighs> Who is this person that we've employed for a while and featured on our network? Um, it's one thing when you bring somebody in that hasn't been on your shows, like in NXT, for instance, you know, who is this large man or whatever? I mean, if so if they play, we're going to talk about Diamond Mine in just a couple of minutes here, but um, Hideki Suzuki is one of the gentlemen in Diamond Mine. He's the one of the three or four, if you want to include Bivens, who hasn't been on NXT TV before. So if they play, who is this guy? Okay. I, you know, I hope they don't do that, but at least it would make some sense because he yeah. hasn't. Been. And, and to that, so commander Aziz had his first in-ring match a week ago on SmackDown and a tag bout. Mm -hmm. They were like, it's the in-ring debut of commander Aziz. Well, it sure, sure, it sure was. That being said, if, if you're a fan who pays attention, which I have to imagine that some of their audience does, and if they don't, then that's an issue. And maybe that's why ratings aren't what they want them to be because people have been burned too many times. The guy was in flipping raw underground. And he got drafted in the last draft. Never did anything after that. <clears throat> but I mean, ugh. right. That's, that's my problem. You know, and that's even to me, that's even more glaring than we bring somebody up from NXT or NXT UK and pretend like we don't know who they are he was on raw and now he's on SmackDown. Like at least believe that your, your main roster fans are watching both of your main brands. Even if you think, well, not everybody watches NXT, which they don't. And not everybody, and even less watch UK. Um, and I don't watch UK regularly. I do keep up on the results and try to keep up on what's going on there and try to catch a show here and there. If I hear of, you know, a really good match or something, Walter and, and dragon off earlier in the year. And I still need to go back and watch Setamara and, and Kaylee Ray here from a month ago or whatever it was. Um, but I don't watch it every week by any means. I just don't have the time. But I'm at least 
up enough to know who in the world Piper Niven is because you featured her. It's not even like she was a, uh, you know, uh, there's been a couple of people in the NXT UK like Candy Floss who, you know, has just been there to lose, basically. Okay, so if you moved Candy Floss to the, which is a weird name anyways, by the way, but if you moved her to the main roster and kind of pretended like you didn't know who she was, all right, yeah, I know she was on NXT UK, but she wasn't featured on NXT UK. I, Piper Niven was featured on NXT UK. I mean, the, why not just move Kaylee Ray and pretend like you don't know who she is, too? I mean, dumb, just dumb. Well, let's talk about the other uh, tag match. Alexa and Nikki reprising their uh, former women's tag team championship team, uh, but in albeit very different looks, uh, defeat Nia and Shayna, who, do they even like each other anymore? Are they friends? Like, what what, what are we doing with that? Th- those two? I feel like they split up, kind of, but yet they still kind of team, and they show up, and Reginald's doing whatever Reginald does, which... He made so much sense with Carmella. They drop the ball with Carmella, and so then they move him into this thing that makes zero sense, except they get to whack the crap out of each other because Alexa hypnotizes them. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, Alexa, we talked about Alexa. I love Alexa Bliss as a performer. Frankly, to go back to Hell in a Cell for a minute, her offense at Hell in a Cell against Shayna looked so good. She was laying shots in, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure Shayna told her to lay them in because that's the style Shayna likes to work. Um, but her stuff looks so crisp. She had, a, I mean, her kind of sister Abigail DDT, you know, looked great. Um, she doesn't need all the bells and whistles that they're throwing in now. It kind of feels like maybe they're going to drift away from Lily and let Lily go, and that'd be fine because that was dumb. Um, but obviously, she's still kind of this. Firefly Funhouse. Um, she apparently had new music on Monday, and I haven't checked into that. Um, but so it'll be interesting to see. But then she teams with Nikki Cross, who debuted a new character, uh, who my first reaction was just a complete eye roll. Um, superhero Nikki Cross. Okay. Caveat shifting on that. Um, and I think you saw my comments on this, Tom. Um, apparently. This is Nikki's idea. Nikki wants to do this. Nikki wants to bring a positive character, um, kind of superhero. So I'm going to give it some time because if, if this is something she's behind and not just something that was forced on her, um, okay, let's see what her idea is. And, and let's hope WWE Creative lets her flesh that out. I could see it working as a... Um, a, uh, what do I want to say? A superhero who gives a, a message of positivity goes to the school events when they're doing the, you know, don't be a bully kinds of events and the, and the reading things and all of that goes to hospitals and sees the kids who are unfortunately dealing with illness and those sorts of things. I, it, it could work and it might actually get Nikki cross over more than the Nikki cross ever has. And I've always liked Nikki cross. So maybe this works, but I don't know. My first thought when I saw superhero Nikki and maybe it was superhero Nikki, next to evil looking Alexa. And I was like, this is a comic book come to life. Somebody made the comment I, I heard somewhere again, could have been fightful. Um, De- Vince likes to say that WWE is Marvel is like the Marvel universe. And like, he just brought the Marvel universe straight to life right there. Um, I, what you didn't see raw. I know neither of us watched the show, but when you read about it or saw things about superhero, Nikki, what do you, what are you thinking, Tom? Yeah. Immediate throwback visions of the hurricane, which is fine. Uh, and and if this has that type of longevity, 
great. And, and if they can truly get behind the, the ideology of, of what she wants this to be and give her that freedom, even better. I think it's a great uh, opportunity. And then I trail off because I don't trust the WWE to do that. And, and if they do it, here's the thing. If it, if it works, they could sell a million toys of her in that outfit. I mean, that talk about talk about a look that just screams action figure, right? I mean, literally, that's what it is. It's an action figure come to life. Um, and I, I know, you know, we talk about being figure nerds and those kinds of things. But, I mean, I probably wouldn't buy it. But they'd sell a ton of them to kids. Um you know, it looks cool. Um, I remember hearing one time that the, uh, I remember hearing Gregory Helms say the hurricane was not a superhero. The hurricane was a guy who thought he was a superhero. And as long as they can keep that, you know, but I'm just a little worried because you do have Alexa standing right next to her. And I don't know if they're going to keep that pair, you know, at all together or combined or in a story together, uh, moving forward. It may have just been for this one night to get them qualified for money in the bank. Um, but it'll be hard to not play superhero-ish aspects of that. Um, anytime you add in that supernatural stuff, I like it. And yet I know you have to really suspend your disbelief to believe it because that's not the universe they've set up. Um, it was much easier for me to take, you know, people used to, to balk at Lucha Underground because like Luchasaurus, for instance, was killed in Lucha Underground. They cut his head off. But in the universe they set up for Lucha Underground... It worked. That stuff happened in that universe. It's like watching any other show, watching Supernatural or watching um, the X-Files or, or shows like that. They've set up a universe that it works in. WBD has a universe that they like to talk about all the time, but that's a different universe. You know, they haven't set up a place where superheroes and, vil and terrible villains like Thanos appear or things like that. So, um but Alexa and Nikki get the win over Nia and Shayna. So Alexa, Bliss, Nikki Cross, uh, Asuka, and Naomi appear to be the four women on the Raw side. And I imagine we'll see some things tonight for the SmackDown side. I would expect Bailey to possibly be in that from the SmackDown side. Uh, wouldn't be shocked to see. I oh, know they're on Raw. Never mind. Um, I was I thinking about it. Carmella. I hope. That'd be nice. Carmella would be nice. Um, maybe you see Sasha enter Money in the Bank, but I kind of feel like she's going to show up the Friday night before Money in the Bank when they when they return to live crowds, and maybe somehow she gets into Money in the Bank on that Friday night too. Um, you know, who knows? They could they could book it any way they want. Um, off the top of my head, man, I'm I'm running out of SmackDown. Uh, who's Bianca uh, feuded with? Mostly Bailey, obviously. Yeah, um, that, Natalia and Tamina are both on that brand. If you if you you know pull it out like that, but they're the champions too. So again, it wouldn't stop them. Uh, right, I, they, they I, do a tag qualifier again tonight and and have them beat. Yeah, I closed out of the SmackDown roster after we talked about the men. So forgive my yeah. sexism this morning or this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll we'll try to forgive that, Tom. But uh, so yeah, raw mixed bag for me, but. Uh, I, I I guess at least everything they did, there was a reason behind. We I think we talked about last week, Vince McMahon um, has decreed he doesn't want any more cold matches that just have no reason for happening. And I will say every match they had on Monday night, they gave a reason for happening. Now, granted, you have Money in the Bank coming up. So some of your matches being qualifying matches for Money in the Bank kind of writes itself, right, to give you stakes. But 
at least there was a purpose to everything. There wasn't a random, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy versus random Cedric Alexander match that meant nothing. Um, although they made that one mean something too. But, but, and hey, Tom, I know you haven't watched Raw in quite a while, but make sure you record this week because Elias and Jackson Riker are going at it in a strap match on Raw. Ooh, feud of the year. Something of the year. <laughs> Something of the year. Dewdrop of the year. Anyways, um, let's move on to NXT. I feel like this will be a happier conversation, Tom. Um, I said to you, I think before we started recording, I feel like the last two weeks since TakeOver, we we both kind of, you know, TakeOver was what it was, and it was okay. It was fine. Didn't really set the world on fire. Man, I feel like they've come out screaming these last two weeks, though. They have been really strong shows. Um, I don't, how, how are you feeling two weeks in after this takeover? I, I agree for sure. Again, going back to what we talked about last week, you know, I think Samoa Joe added a different energy. It was reduced this week. That being said, I thought the in-ring this week was a lot stronger than it was the week prior. Uh, I think Mark. I got a little worried to talk to your Joe point just for a quick second. I got a little worried when he ran out there and uh, um, during the women's pull apart while they were trying to, you know, eventually setting up the triple threat for the tag um, number one contenders. I got a little worried that Raquel Gonzalez was going to provoke him. And I was like, don't have him choke out Raquel Gonzalez. Please don't do that. They didn't go there. But I was a little concerned for a second when he ran, when that was the time he ran out. I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 the interactions that Joe's having is are very interesting. Uh, I'll name the specific one that really sticks with me from last week, Tuesday. And that was him and Pete Dunn. And Joe just looked really angry at Pete Dunn. And I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> like, and Pete Dunn just seemed to be like, yeah, I'm Pete Dunn. So deal with it. Uh, so, but again, what, 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 what's the deal? Like what's, what's, what's burning underneath the surface there. So that just, they got to be careful. Again, you can't tease Joe against everyone on the roster that we all want to see as fans, because if you're not going to give it to us, you're just being rude and not being kind. <laughs> and uh, NXT, I need you to not be, not be rude and to be kind to us. Um, no, but the in-ring this past week I thought was incredibly high. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, Adam Cole to start the show, uh, the tag match between The Way and Pete Dunne and uh, Oni Lorcan, and then the main event of Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. One of the things, uh, and, and I don't know if I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses or if it's actually truly different. I haven't really dug deep in processing my thoughts on this or looking back. It seems to me or it feels to me that they are setting up matches in the weeks to come that either mean a little bit more than they have in the past. They've always, I think, done well to go, hey, next week we have this. In two weeks we have this. Now, granted, in two weeks it's Great American Bash, so it's kind of a big deal. Uh, that being said, I feel like there's a little bit more on the line with what the matches are coming through. That being said, the mixed tag between Mercedes and Jake Atlas and Boa and Zia Lee Again, there's a story there. So I'm at least going to give them credit because there's a story there. So, yes, I, I, I do think um, it has come out stronger post-takeover. I hope that it can – I'm sorry, I don't, I don't hope. I know that it will continue into the Great American Bash. The, the big story then will be is once that event happens and it's setting up to look like a really strong – arguably even stronger event than the takeover was. I don't even um, think it's arguable. <laughs> yeah. And, and what what happens after that? Because the 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 the, the thinking calendar wise would be okay, Great American Bash happens on July 6th. 
NXT five, six weeks later, TakeOver in, you know, SummerSlam weekend, what what do we do in that spot? No, absolutely. And I think it's going to be interesting to see. At first, I thought maybe they're going to go do Cross Gargano at Great American Bash, but I don't think they're going to because I think Cole O'Reilly will main event Great American Bash. Um, and so I don't think you need a title match there. Um, and you've already got a tag title match as well booked for that show, um, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a little piece of me that wouldn't even be shocked to see Ciampa and Thatcher win those titles, but I just don't think it's time to take them off MSK yet either. So, um, because I feel like they're just getting going into their reign. So uh, I don't think there will be a change there, but there was, there was, I like that there's at least a piece of me that goes maybe, um, and not just go, not just have the Bobby Lashley Kofi feel of, well, that'll be a fun match, but there's no question who's winning that match. Um, spoiler alert for our money in the bank head to head mat, uh, show coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, Bobby Lashley will be my pick unless something massively changes in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, I it's I've really enjoyed the show the last couple of weeks, and this week actually, um, I felt like the show flew. Like all of a sudden, when I looked, I I had had to watch some of it and then um, do other things and then come back to it. And when I came back to it, I only had like a half an hour left in the show, and I was shocked that it was only a half an hour left in the show. Like it felt like there should have been more um, because it just the time flew by, uh, which was great. Uh, I'm interested to see who the charging the battery charging icon is leading towards that seems to be at its current pace it should be fully charged on january uh january yeah july 6th uh for the great american bash uh, i've seen some speculation of tegan knox that would certainly make some sense um she's she should be about ready to come back hopefully from her 74th blown knee um i like tegan knox a lot and so i man i hope they're able to i and i know it's all been kind of fluky things but that poor girl and her knees have just been nothing but trouble, unfortunately for her. And I just hope she's able to, uh, to make a comeback and, and stay healthy. Cause I feel like they've never been able to get past scratching the surface with Tegan Knox, unfortunately, because of those injuries. So uh, very interested to see if, if, if it's Tegan or, or who is it? I think there could be a lot, you know, the last time they did this was the, uh, the motorcycle uh, person who neither of us had Ember Moon even, remotely on our radar for so uh they could totally be making me think it might be tegan knox and and nothing they're doing makes me think that it's just i know tegan has a chance to be coming back soon they're building to something she would be worthy of it um could be but uh, they could also go a total left field i mean it could be anybody you know some people thought the diamond mine was going to be tessa blanchard so it it wasn't the, and the not cupboards coming. yeah the cupboards are stocked with talent so i think right. we we probably forget about more people than than we should when it comes to guys that are guys and gals that are there because we just don't, they're not front of mind so and yeah, yeah and, to, and i'm sorry to your point about how fast it went i thought i missed the the diamond mine segment because i thought there was going to be you know i thought that, I thought that debut or that reveal was going to be a little bit different uh, I'm, I'm incredibly happy with, with how it went down and it makes sense. I also have a critique of it too. So um, I'll, I'll save that as, as, as you speak and share. Uh, well, well, let's talk Diamond Mind. I think that's the, the big piece, obviously, out of this show. Uh, I had kind of the same feeling, to be perfectly honest. Um, I didn't get to see it until Wednesday and then did I finish it Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday, I finished the show. Um, <clears throat> and I had that same thought, but then I also had the thought of, Oh, okay, so it's definitely a faction then, 
Um, and I guess we'll see it at the end of the show. I didn't know if it was going to be an interference kind of thing or if it was going to be a pan to the back and all of a sudden we see something or, or something, you know, it seemed pretty obvious once Kushida and, and O'Reilly came out that somehow it clicked with me. It was going to end the show. And I thought, well, that's cool because it also means it's going to be a big thing. Um, you know, and, and I, I was a little concerned. There were some rumblings early on that diamond mind was going to be kind of raw underground on NXT. Even in some of the promos, they had shown kind of a title belt um, from diamond mind. So that was interesting. In fact, after it happened, uh, Bivens had the cruiserweight title. I thought, it was the diamond mine title that it looked like they had been creating in the, in the video packages. So I was glad that wasn't the case too. That don't, let's not do that. Let's just, just move that aside. Forget you did that in the promos. Um, there I'll, I'll, I'll allow for WWE to go. Let's, let's forget. We ever told them that um, that makes sense, but uh, diamond mine debuts. It's uh, Roderick strong, Tyler rust and Hideki Suzuki. We'll see what they call him. If they do call him Hideki Suzuki or not, um, or if they just call him Suzuki or something, stupid or Hideki. Um, I was trying to remember and I'd have to go back and look. I always find it interesting when WWE trademarks a bunch of names. I look at them and try to see like, can I tell like they just um, trademarked Joshua Briggs, um, which of course is Josh Briggs, the former uh, Evolve champion. So one would think Joshua Briggs is going to be showing up soon in NXT because they just trademarked that name. They trademarked some other ones. I don't remember seeing one for an, a name that would, I would go, oh, that might have been, that might be Hideki Suzuki, where it seems like a, I'm going to say an Asian sounding name, and I don't want that to sound uh, bad when I say it, but, you know, they're probably not going to call Hideki Suzuki Joe Smith. So, um, so those three guys, uh, you and I both kind of talked before we recorded, neither of us are super familiar with Suzuki. I've seen an awful lot of people very excited about him being part of this, though. So that excites me. Um, I know that he's worked for Big Japan and Wrestle One and Zero One and some other places. The NWA back before the NWA was a promotion when it was kind of in its floundering, um, you know, Kahagas being the champion and those kinds of folks. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see Suzuki. I have not looked up any of his matches. I'd like to, just haven't had time. Um, but I thought Roddy especially had an aggression to him um, since he was the only one that really got physical with anybody. Um, so a couple of things on that. I, I liked Roddy's look and aggression um, because I, I said to you before we started recording, Roddy for me is always great in the ring. There's nothing wrong with Roderick strong in the ring, but Roddy and the Roddy character wise can be a little white meat meh for me sometimes. So I thought that aggression was really good. I think having a mouthpiece like Malcolm Bivens will be great. I love Malcolm Bivens. I just think he's an entertaining guy. Um, thought he worked well with Tyler Russ before. And you and I both had kind of the same feeling of, yeah, they kind of had that thing going with Tyler Rust for a little bit, and then he fell off the planet for a while. Um, I don't know if he got hurt or if they were just taking him off TV to get this ready um, and kind of wanted you to forget about him for a little bit. So then when he came back, he went, oh, hey, that's Tyler Rust. Um, I don't know how that all worked. So just Interesting for, to remember. Just for reference, so Rust and Strong both went off TV around the same time. So fun, fun footnote there. Right. Were they planning something, they being NXT? And don't forget, Malcolm Bivens kept calling Tyler Rust a diamond in the rust. Um, so the diamond thing has also been there. I don't know if it was all long-term planning or if it was a happy accident, as Bob Ross would say. But, um, you know, maybe this is 
maybe it's been in the works from NXT for a while, which in turn, if it has been, even if it hasn't been, you can say it has been, you can also say that Malcolm Evans has been working on this for a while, you know, and has, has been, you can point back to those things and say, oh, you know, again, it looks like you told a long-term story, even if you didn't. Kind of the Mustafa Ali being the SmackDown hacker, um, you know, when he admitted to that uh, in the Retribution days, I worked it back into the podcast. There it was, Retribution. Um, but, uh, you know, it looks like you were telling a long-term story. Even if you weren't, take credit for it. Go ahead. Make us think you were. Um, but, Tom, you have some th thoughts, and you said a critique, too, so I'm curious to hear that. Yeah, so interesting that Kushida is, is the talent that they're opposing them with right off the bat. Nothing against their cruiserweight title, nothing against Kushida, nothing against what they've been doing with him by introducing the open challenge, I hope, which I hope doesn't go away, even though it would seem like this is a great feud. If I had my choice, though, I would have probably had Bronson Reed be in this spot because I think that the North American title is a little bit higher prestige, and I could see with... Again, it depends if, if we go diamond mines very technical or like very strike heavy, Kushida makes sense. You and arguably more sense than Bronson Reed. So maybe the title doesn't become a factor in this. That being said, Bivens did pick the title up, bring it in, and drop it on Kushida as, as they post. So I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. My one critique is I would have again, and 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 it's tough to say because they're doing really well with the cruiserweight title and Kushida. So I shouldn't have the perception I do, maybe, but I have it. And and you're welcome to that perception. So don't feel bad about that. I think they're actually going, my hope is they're going to use this to even elevate the cruiserweight title more. Um, and, and, you know, having it in a close a show closing angle um, certainly helps make it seem more important. Having Kushida, I, I understand putting O'Reilly over. I almost would have rather had Kushida. Um, but yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if that's what they're doing. I also really liked, I meant to say in the execution of this, that they had Adam Cole come out and go after Cole or go, go after O'Reilly and take those two out of the picture because eventually you're going to have a face off between Roddy and Diamond Mind and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly separately or maybe even together do adam cole and kyle o'reilly have to rejoin forces to battle diamond mind at some point i think that could be a really interesting story um and maybe do they even have bobby fish is it roddy tyler and suzuki versus bobby fish adam cole and kyle o'reilly at some point way down the line we got to tell a lot of story to get there but could be interesting but we saved that we didn't make that roddy's first thing which i like so roddy you know apparently is going to go to the cruiserweight division Let's be honest, Roddy's been under 205 his whole life. Um, so even when he was a heavyweight, you know, competitor, 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 goodness gracious, I can't talk today. Competitor at the WrestleMania, anyways. Um, you know, he fits in the cruiserweight division fine. And they, they've been able to flex people a little bit in and out of that cruiserweight division. Kushida wasn't always a cruiserweight. You know, now he's in the cruiserweight division. Santos Escobar has apparently... Es um, moved on from the cruiserweight division so they can flex people in and out of that. Okay. Um, I'd like to see Santos Escobar get some wins, but that's just a different story. Um, so I, I really appreciated that they took it and in a very um, meaningful way took O'Reilly out of there 
with Adam Cole so that O'Reilly wasn't still in the ring when Diamond Mind hit. Um, you're saving that for another day. You got plenty of stories you can tell. Don't tell them all the first day. Um, I thought that was really, really smart. And like I said, did it in a way where it wasn't just O'Reilly kind of laying on the floor and pretending like he didn't see anything, um, which sometimes WWE does where you're like, why didn't that person just get up and do something? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I thought that was, that was really well done. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see, do we see more members of diamond mind in the future? A diamond, diamond mine. I said, mind, man, can't talk today. Um, I, I mentioned to you a, a female um, member. I think the way that NXT factions have been set up, the way has Candace and Indy, um, you know, Hit Row has Brianna. Might not be a bad idea for them to get a technical shoot style female. I, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I think Saray could be an interesting person in this. Zoe Stark could be an interesting person in this, um, giving them some direction uh, because I think both those those characters seem a little lost. I mean, Zoe has her friend of the week that she tags against somebody with, but, um, you know, I just don't feel like there's a ton of direction with Zoe Stark right now. Saray feels like she's kind of been lost in the shuffle since she got brought in. Um, I don't know. A couple of people I think could be this to me though. And I think I said to the, the, said this to you before we hit record, this has a catch point feel to me. Um, I definitely see those. So it also makes me think, Timothy Thatcher is sitting there on the roster. And at some point, as much as I love the Ciampa and Thatcher team, and I, I think there's legs to that still, at some point they're going to break up. Let's be honest. Those two can't get along forever. Um, does Thatcher become part of Diamond Mine? Does send Drew Gulak to NXT? Because he's not doing anything on anywhere else. Um, does he come to Diamond Mine? I, I just think there's things you can do. Now, I don't want to see Diamond Mine have 87 different members. You know, that's that never is good either. The factions get too big. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, about four or five is, is about right. I don't count Bivens. He's just the mouthpiece. Um, so, you know, one or two more people coming into Diamond Mine eventually I think could be fine, um, especially if one or one of those people is a, is a female talent. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes. I, I enjoyed, um, and, I, and I get your critique of the Cruiserweight title, and I had some of that same thought. I thought, well, Maybe they're going to try and elevate it. That's my hope, is that this helps to elevate it. Roddy is definitely a name um, who can help do that. Kushida is definitely a name who can help do that. Santos Escobar obviously did a great job with it as well. But um, you got to have the right challengers, even if you have a strong champion, uh, to make that work. And Carmelo Hayes, Trey Baxter, you know, that's been interesting to see those new guys come in. But that's not going to help elevate the title with guys that don't have meaning behind them yet. Although I thought Hayes looked absolutely phenomenal against Adam Cole. Um, and I hope that Carmelo Hayes now, they, they do something with that. And they, they make it, they keep building him because I think there's something there. He's got a charisma to him and um, the dude can go. No question about that. He, he had, has had two really strong showings in the ring. So let's see what he can do. And honestly, Carmelo Hayes is another one. Yeah, he debuted in a cruiserweight title, um, Opa Challenge, but he's got enough size to him that he didn't. And granted, granted, Adam Cole could be in the cruiserweight division too. He's not a big guy, but he matched up just fine with Adam Cole. He'd match up just fine with most of those um, 
guys on the NXT roster. That's not a big roster. So when you have a guy like a Bronson Reed, maybe that's why they didn't go Bronson Reed because Tyler Rust, Roderick Strong. Now Hideki Suzuki might match up size wise. He looked like he was a pretty good size guy, but um, you know, Rust and Strong are not terribly big guys either. So I don't know. Be interesting to see, but uh, Diamond Mine's going to be fun to watch. We we should get you a Diamond Mine t-shirt, Tom. You need another one. So yeah, undisputed era today. You know, Cole O'Reilly, Strong, all big uh, aspects of last week's TV. So I'll leave the memories alone. I'm going to keep undisputed era uh, on my chest. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, other NXT notes, Tom? No, I'm excited to see the follow up on Diamond Mine next week, without a doubt, and where that goes and how it develops. Plus, again, I hope they continue the momentum. I and, and I already shared. I think that they will uh, build into Great American Bash. It's it's becoming. I I feel destination viewing on that uh, on that post holiday um, okay. Tuesday night. Do you think we get Roddy Kushida already at Great American Bash, or do they hold that off for Takeover, or both? I can't say yet. I, I don't have I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. Yeah, I don't either. I I think you could go either way. I'd almost rather it take over so that we get a little more build, but I, I could see it. Or, no, O'Reilly's busy. Never mind. I was going to say or O'Reilly and Kushida against, you know, Roddy and Tyler or something, but no, O'Reilly's very busy on the Great American Bash. Yeah, so. I could see a six-man instead of a singles where they have a couple of guys come to Kushida's aid. Um, again, um, uh, Blake Christian, I'm already forgetting his name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Trey Baxter, Trey, Trey, Trey Baxter, and Carmelo uh, Hayes. Carmelo Hayes. That could be that could be a lot of fun. So that would be a, that would be a fun way because the other way they could go would be like Brizongo and God no, um, no. In fact, if I can edit this, I'm going to go back and delete that comment out because I don't even want that going into anybody's ears. Um, Brizon no. Brizon no. Yes. Oh, there. Now, now we make that T-shirt. I buy one of those. Um, Get the first two spot monkeys t-shirt, the Breeze on No shirt. <laughs> Available today at Pro Wrestling Tees. No, it's not. But, uh, I can't believe we've gone on hour 22, Tom, already, but we got two more quick hits that we wanted to make. Uh, Ring of Honor uh, is building towards their best in the world pay-per-view. I, I made this comment to you before we clicked record. I'm having a hard time grasping where they're going with this card. Like, they just announced Tony Deppin and Dragon Lee, which makes total sense. That I like, except that <laughs> at the end of the triple threat TV title match um, on, on TV last week, Kenny King comes out and says, and now Dragon Lee is the number one contender after he just lost the match. I mean, I know it wasn't the fault, but like, I don't know that that wording was very strange. Like, and now that Dragon Lee was on the losing end of this match, he's the number one contender for the TV title. Like, what? Um, how does that work? Uh, especially around the world title, though. Like, they haven't said that Survival of the Fittest winner is going to get the title shot at Best in the World. They just say that they're going to get a title shot. That's my they aha. Could. That's my aha. When, 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 I, when I saw them announce Survival of the Fittest for this coming weekend's TV, in, and I may be wrong, but I said, got it. That's why we have nothing, we have nothing announced for Roosh. The person who wins this weekend, in my opinion, is the challenger for Roosh. And, and that could very well be it. And, and I thought it was interesting that in their promos for TV this week, they're saying who will face Roosh, not who will face the Ring of Honor World Champion. Because 
if the survival of the fittest winner gets a future world title shot, well, you got a pay-per-view coming up. So it may or may not be Roosh, assuming that Roosh works a title match, which I hope he does. I hope it's not um, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus Roosh and Kenny King as the main event or something. Well, no, Jay Lethal's already wrestling um, Brody King, yeah, so that can't happen anyways. Um, you know, I, I, there should be a Ring of Honor World title match uh, uh, on that show. Um, so so there you go. Okay, so so the survival of the fitness field is set. It's Bandito, Demonic Fomita, Brian Johnson, Eli yeah. Ice, um, Rhett Titus and Chris Dickinson. Rhett Titus and Chris Dickinson, thank you. So out of those, who who would be your pick? To if if they're going, let's go with that idea. They're gonna the winner is gonna then main event the pay per view against uh, Roosh. Who do you ha- who do you put over in Survival of the Fittest this weekend? Bandito, one hundred percent Bandito. I would I would uh, I, I hate to be flippant, but I would bet a mortgage payment on on Bandito coming out of that. Uh, I think and correct me if I'm wrong. Before the pandemic, wasn't Bandito Roosh slated for the 18th anniversary show? Or something was Bandito. I think he was getting a title. No, Bandito Dragon Lee. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so I'm confusing the brothers. Either way, this makes a lot of sense to me. This is their first chance to be back in front of fans. Um, they've already announced Bandito and is it Ray Horace versus Dragon Lee and Roosh. For glory by honor, yes. Um, so this, you know, he th- these two will tear it up, and you're gonna want to tear it up. Like I can, so kudos to Ring of Honor because I think they've been having really strong matches, and they've really navigated from last fall till now without fans, really in a strong way. And this is not a knock on other promotions that are doing it or not doing it. I've been, I've watched. I think almost hundred percent of the ring of honor TV. Um, again, there's something about that hysteronics of my falling in love with ring of honor when it debuted, you know, 20 years ago, that, that kind of pulls me back in. I see Roosh Bandito as being a marquee. I mean, I was going to say the, but maybe not the a marquee matchup. Cause I think this card will flesh out more. Um, that you're going to get fans going absolutely crazy and they'll deliver in the ring. And, and I think that's what you need. I think that's I think that's a key thing of what you're gonna want to say. We did but be- we had best in the world, and this is what you got. We go a step further. Do you put the title on Bandito at best in the world? Could be. Could be. I yeah. think the pop for that would be phenomenal. Now, I could also see Roosh cheating, maybe. From my mouth to God's ears. From my mouth to God's ears. Maybe this is the start of the uh, the elevation of Bandito, and and maybe we do get maybe Roosh win. So if Bandito wins, and I agree, if if this is how you're going to set up the world title match for Best in the World, Bandito makes the most sense. I have a little bit of a fear of a Rhett Titus or Chris Dickinson because it plays into the whole faction warfare stuff. Um, but that doesn't feel like a pay-per-view title match to me at all, either of those. Dickinson could in time, um, but they haven't built, been able to build up Dickinson enough yet because he's just come in, obviously. Uh, Titus, I like Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus is a good worker. 
Rhett Titus could do could have a world title shot on Ring of Honor TV or on an Honor Club live event. Um, fine, that would be fine. I'd be fine with that. But no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to see that on a pay per view. To be yeah, not to get too armchair booky ish, but I see this survival of the fittest really being a catalyst for a number of matches. Again, Benita Roosh without a doubt. Um, potentially Brian Johnson, Eli Isom. Uh, or not, I mean, or maybe a future TV match. I see Dickinson and Titus getting pulled away from the match and that leading to the tag title match at uh, Best in the World of Tracy Williams and Rhett versus Homicide and, and Dickinson. That would make a lot of sense. And I and that would, I, w- I would like that, honestly. And, and I'd put, frankly, I'd put the tag titles on Homicide and Dickinson at Best in the World, um, if that is the way we go. But that's another conversation again for when we do our first head-to-head in the second half of the year. Um, we're already kind of booking that, but uh, I hope you're right because, as you, as we all know, hashtag Free Bandito has been my saying for quite a long time, um, and I hope you're right. I won't get to see this live because of the way that my TV situation is here, um, so it'll be Monday night before I get a chance. I'm going to try. It, it's not hard to be spoiler free for the most part um, because Ring of Honor does a pretty good job of not spoiling their own TV until after the Monday night watch along, um, so it should be fairly easy. Although. Um, well, no, actually, it works out for our scoring, too. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to try, since Monday, I don't have trivia this week, I'm going to try to come home Monday night and uh, give myself an hour to put on the Survival of the Fittest uh, finals and see who wins that on Monday. So, unless I can somehow find the show before that. But, man, finding even a report on the show before the Monday night airing for Ring of Honor is, is really, really tough. And trying to even find a, a YouTube link or Daily Motion or anything is almost impossible. So, um, I'll w- wait until it hits fight on Monday night. Looking forward to this week's show, though. Anything else on Ring of Honor? I think that's kind of our that'll, yeah, that'll no, be big head-to-head. So yeah, yeah, and and I think see, having us both likely have either seen or at least for sure be aware of Survival of the Fittest when we come back next week for next week's episode, which appears to have uh, an agenda similar today, but maybe a little bit more loose uh, in topics. I'm sure we'll hit that then. Absolutely. Well, and final AEW notes, Tom, um, we haven't talked a ton. Well, we've talked some AEW, obviously, with Double or Nothing and those kinds of things. Um, I am ready for them to get back to Wednesday nights. And I feel like this this Saturday night's pay, um, pay-per-view, um, Dynamite, has is, is already been built, though, to be really important. Because, man, these Friday night shows have just been, they've been fine, but they've been totally missable almost, too. Um I'm, I'm ready for them to get back in the swing of things because they think they've got things percolating and they've just been waiting because they know the ratings haven't been there on Friday night. I think they're hoping the world title match will spike a little bit, you know, on Saturday night. And then they're back to their normal Wednesdays uh, moving forward and in front of um, their, their final one this coming Wednesday in front of the Jacksonville crowd, which the Jacksonville crowd has been great, but it, it's time to get in front of other fans who haven't seen, um, you know, 97 dynamites in a row. Um, because I think that will add energy that, uh, you know, Double or Nothing had a great crowd, but it also had a lot of people who came in for Double or Nothing who hadn't been to tons of Dynamites. And now I think you're back to your folks <clears throat> who are a little more local. I'm looking forward to them getting back on the road too, much like Ring of Honor, much like WWE. Um, I think it's just going to add a new flair, but uh, man, I just feel like they've been in a holding pattern. And I, and I can't blame them totally either for, for doing that on these Friday night shows. With, without a doubt, I think that the TV's been strong. I think that they've developed things well. But 
I forget if we were even recording when we said this, but we talked about Orange Cassidy at one point and Orange Cassidy was in the world title match at the last pay-per-view and he is now in an issue with the wingmen. Nothing against the wingmen and nothing against best friends because they were all kind of players in this match. That seems to be a significant drop down for a talent like Orange Cassidy. Right. And don't get me wrong. I love me some J.D. Drake. I wish he was featured actually more. Um, the other three wingmen, eh, Bononi, I think, has potential down the road. Nemeth and Avalon, I could do without. Yeah. So big, big show Saturday. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm potentially not going to be home in time for that. Uh, so I'll definitely be recording it. But that is, to me, Kenny Omega Jungle Boy, something that I want to tune in and watch live. So I will be staying off uh, social media. And I was able to do that on Tuesday with NXT. Uh, and again, not be spoiled by the diamond mine, which is great and worthwhile. Again, how that all played out. Um, but yeah, like I feel like AEW now is off to the races because it's Saturday, Wednesday, the kind of the wrapping up of Daily's place for the foreseeable future. And then we're on the road and we've got big events all through the month of July. The, I don't know if you noticed this or saw this. I don't know when the announcement totally came down, but they've already announced Pittsburgh for the week that their new Friday night show debuts. So they're going to be doing Wednesday and Friday. I think it looks both that are live um, in, in the same venue. So that's exciting. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get into that rhythm with that Friday uh, show. Uh, I can't imagine them doing the same venue both Wednesday and Friday each week. Uh, and I also think they'll get into a rhythm of taping uh, because I think that's a cost saver. Uh, and again, even though they have the money to go live every week, you know, they also want to be smart with their resources. So, uh, yeah. Tony Khan has said that uh, Rampage will sometimes be live and sometimes be taped. And when it's taped, it'll be taped after Dynamite um, at the same venue, you know, just following Dynamite. But then other weeks it will be live. So I think it'd be interesting to see how often is it live. You would certainly think it will be live the weeks before a pay-per-view, but that's only four times a year. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Moving once they really get into that rhythm, I agree with you. It's gonna be very interesting and interesting to see. They keep saying it's going to be on the same level as dynamite, and I don't doubt that they'll start that way. But then, does the what do the ratings say? And Friday night's tough, let's be honest. Um, <clears throat> and it's only a one hour show, correct? It is a one hour show, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, you have to think of that whoever is watching SmackDown, if they have the stamina, that's a good lead in. Right, but and I'm sure WWE's not really going to be thrilled about their audience going right from SmackDown to this. And again, I'm sure that there's not, you know, Apple to Apple crossover, but who knows? My guess is though August, what is it, 13th? I think is the first one. Um, my guess is we get some Kenny Omega versus Adam Page type match, or I don't know if it'll be Page, but I. I think there's going to be a big angler match um, for that first one to try and get people to tune in. Um, they'd, they'd be crazy not to. I mean, you, look, I love them, but you're not going to main event Rampage the first week with Scorpio Sky and Darby Allen. Um, again, I love Scar- Scorpio Sky and Darby Allen, but if you do that, you're, you're, you're harpooning that show before it ever starts. But, uh, I, you know... I'm looking forward to, like I said, AEW getting back into the swing of things. I think Omega Jungle Boy, look, Jungle Boy's not winning the title this weekend. I think I don't think either one of us think that's even remotely possible. But they're going to make us believe along the way that he can. I don't doubt that. Um, and it's going to be phenomenal. I, I'm, 
I am very much looking forward to this world title match. Uh, probably easily more than I was the the Pac and Orange Cassidy match at Double or Nothing, which was a good match in the end. Um, I mean, three super talented people, duh, they put together a good match. But uh, yeah, this one, for whatever reason, uh, Jungle Boy has really been growing on me. I've enjoyed him in AEW, but he's just, every time he gets a chance in a big match, he delivers. So kind of like I was talking about with Bianca Belair. Um, obviously, he hasn't had the, time, the chance to totally um, ascend to that level yet. But uh as much as I thought Luchasaurus would be the breakout uh, from Jurassic Express, uh, I think it's definitely Jungle Boy who's been the breakout from that act. Um, nothing against Luchasaurus. I think he's got a nice spot, and I think he I think he still can be elevated as, as they want to down the road. Um, and don't get me wrong, they're going to sell a ton of action figures and, and wrestling buddies. Um, boy, that has turned into a thing again all of a sudden. Everybody's selling pillow buddies. Um, but they're like 60 bucks from Ring of Honor. 60 bucks for one of those things. No, no. Anyways. Are there um, boost feathers inside? Does that also keep you warm? It, it, it better cook me dinner for 60 bucks for a pillow, buddy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's fun they're doing them, but I'm just like, no, not at 60, 30, maybe. And I wouldn't buy them anyways. I mean, I'm not going to buy pillow buddies, but my wife looks at me funny for buying action figures. I start bringing home pillow buddies and she's going to ask me to see somebody. But, uh, <laughs> Anyways, you got, you got a pillow, buddy. You better see somebody. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah, she'd be she'd be calling helplines asking for help on that one because she'd think I'd lost it. But, um, anyways, regardless, uh, AEW. You know, I think Luchasaurus got a good future too. But Jungle Boy has been uh, a breakout for them, as far as I'm concerned. Um, right up there, honestly, to me he could be right up there with the Adam pages as far as breakouts and, and people who've really elevated in, in AEW. So lots of good stuff coming up. Um, I'm excited. Wrestling feels like it's going to get real good here in about a month. Uh, we just kind of got to slog through the next few weeks, although AEW's you know, jumping out and getting on the road just a little bit earlier than WWE. So that's, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, Wednesday nights are, are bad for me, as we've talked about before, but I'm looking forward to that first non-Daily's Place Dynamite. Um, I think that's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they set up since they've done these themes for all of the July shows. Um, how do they make them each special, and how do they make them each feel? Um, and I think a lot of that is going to flush itself out over, over Saturday and Wednesday here uh, as we get two shows within about four days, five days, whatever that is. Um, from AEW. So, Tom, anything else on AEW or anything else? We've uh, we've gone longer than I thought we would today. So, yeah, lots of topics, but good topics. No, I'm excited as well, and I echo your feelings. Uh, I think in the next month we're going to see a shift, uh, you know, in terms of the energy connected to professional wrestling, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's a good time uh, to be a podcast fan and listen to Two Spot Monkeys. Uh, we have had a blast today, as always, and we are looking forward to being back with you next week to see how everything plays out over the next week. Maybe talk about that fantasy draft from a year ago and uh, talk about all sorts of other things. If there's things you want us to talk about or review or anything like that, hit us up with a comment um, on any of the podcast apps or on YouTube. You can also email us at twospotmonkeys at gmail.com uh, or find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, that's the only places we are. We're not in Instagram and I'm not Snapchatting. So uh, <laughs> add Tom on Snapchat if you want. I don't know if you Snapchat, Tom, but um, you you have teenagers. So I think it's possible that you Snapchat. So yeah. And don't add me because I want to accept your ad. 
<laughs> there you go. So from the very friendly Tom Bobo <laughs> and me, we are glad you're with us. Thanks, everybody. Have a safe week. We will talk to you again next week.